I'm Tiffany Josephs. Welcome to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. I believe this is the most auspicious time on the planet to create a vibrant, soul-satisfying lifestyle, and I'm here to be your guide. Each week, we'll chat about inner life, personal style, creating work that lights you up, and all other ways to bring magic into your everyday life. Your life from the magic carpet starts now. Welcome to Magic Carpet Life, your weekly wonder trip into the infinite discovery of who you are. I'm your host and guide, Tiffany Josephs, and I am here to enchant the world to a higher love. Why are you here? Have you thought about it? Have you written it down? Have you put it into words? Have you shouted it from the rooftops? Well, this is your time. The world has never been more ready to receive your unique magic. And you can think of me as your cosmic cheerleader on your path to discovering just how true that is. So thank you so much for being here. And let's get started. <laughs> Feel like the dun dun I'm going with like the Chicago Bulls. Y'all ready for this? We need your music going. I know. <laughs> we could probably splice that in there. I, I knew exactly where we were. We were just like right in, we were right in the Coliseum for that. Yeah, I know. It. And I was like all like, I was probably a mascot. Like I was probably dressed like. You are the most, yeah, well, if you're the cosmic cheerleader, then you're for sure you got mascots. <laughs> I come and, in in a space yeah. suit and like. Yeah. You come in, like you come crown. in on a beam. You're just like. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Right down in the yeah. chariot with some, you know, Pegasus with some wings. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love the idea of having a cosmic cheerleader. I think everyone needs that. So, so thank you for having me. Uh, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Of course. You came through my front door. This is my living room, guys, if this is your first <laughs> podcast. You don't know. We record in my TV room. Um... You came through the door and I told you like, dude, I usually have a clipboard and questions and a bio and like something to read to introduce you. And none of that felt right. Yeah. None of it felt good. And in fact, I'm kind of done reading bios on this. Yeah. When I have interview people here, I'm just going to be like, hi, here they are. Feel them, see them, love them, know them. By the end of our talk, they will know you. No bio needed. Yeah. I do have a question though. For sure. This is Sammy, by the Hi. way. Hi, everybody. Say hello, Sammy. You have like four names on your, you know. I so do. So we're going to get into all yeah, that. Let's dive. Let's just start with just Sammy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy. Um, I do have a question for you. So let's start with this one um, to get right down deep, like that nine-year-old you were just talking about yeah. in the story. I want to bring her in. Him in? Her, her in. She sounded like a girl when you said this. Sounded yeah. like a little nine-year-old girl yeah. bringing some direct. She is going to be a heartbreaker. Yeah. I. Um, oh, okay. Many different places I can go in my brain right now. But yeah. Let me ask this question first. You are, here's the scenario. I work a lot in the imaginary realm. I love working in imagination because there's no judgment there. We can make whatever rules. We, we can call it whatever we want to call it. Absolutely. So using your imagination, let's just paint this picture for everybody watching and listening. You are in the place before this place. Let's call it that. Okay. It's the ether. It's heaven. It's the other dimension. It's 
bright, you know, where the soul lives, soul's playground. You're in that place and the powers that be, guides, angels, whoever come around and they say, all right, are you ready? Are you ready for this next round? And you're like, yeah, let's do this. I, and they're like, okay, well, are, are you sure? Like you've got, you know how this is going to begin. Yeah. Like, let's remember the story of, let's go through this, you know, this, 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 this sort of like, you know, dress rehearsal and you kind of go through it. And then it's like, okay, you ready? Here we go. And the last question they ask you is, um, or the next thing they say is, remember your why because you're gonna need to come back to that. Like, let's like supercharge this why so that it's like your, your magnetic north, right? You, you remember this at the time, you need to remember it. We're gonna bring people in your path that like do that whole thing to make you go, ooh, I know that, ooh, oh, I know that, yes. This is why I'm here. So the activation, we're gonna bring those people. They say, remember your why. And it's like, you know, the, Sim the Lion King when he's like, remember who yeah. you are. Yeah, absolutely. And Simba's like, yes, I'm a king. <laughs> um, so Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yes. That's funny that I'm remembering that. Okay, so the question is, remember your why. The charge is remember your why. What is that why? What a beautiful question. And coming, let's say we're coming through the portal and they go, remember your why. And it's like calling, yes, it's like calling. it continues as you're going through like a Yeah. So I've heard this question and answered to me in a myriad of different ways. And mm -hmm. I think one of the most direct things that I do and why I'm here is to create very beautiful, creative jobs for children. Mm. And I say that because you asked me this question and they're different mm. in a different context in a different way, but it reminds me of this incredible dream I had and this story of this dream. I had taken a quick nap and naps are some of my favorite times to dream. For some reason I have like these How insane... does that even work for you? Because how do you go into that REM place when you nap? Dude, I have no idea. I can do it sometimes. I don't do it all the time. Like, I would love to say, like, well, at 2 o'clock, I'm yeah, out. That's but my that's time. totally not it. But there was just this one day. I had been probably running two days in a row, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I just need to go take a quick nap. And so I took a nap, and what happened was I went right into this dream. It's kind of a dark dream, and it was like I was in a video game running, through these tunnels and I'm making the tunnels myself. It was like Dig Dug. Remember that game Ooh, Dig Dug? No, Here, but pull, I'm pull, feeling pull, pull, pull. it. Yeah. So I'm making these tunnels and I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this so fast? And then all of a sudden I hear it behind me, Tiffany. <laughs> Demons, aliens, these things. Oh, I'm like, what Jesus. in God's name is that? And I can see them. They're flying through this tunnel at me. They're coming at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go. So I keep digging, 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 digging. And I finally, I get to this little part of this tunnel that I've been digging and I look over and there's this door. And I'm a boom, I blast through this door. I remind you, this I can smell, I can feel dirt falling in. Like, this is like a very, very specific dream. Yes. And I blast into this room, and it is this old auditorium where I used to go to church. And there's all of my instruments. So I'm a DJ and a guitarist and a mm -hmm. singer and a percussion player. All my instruments are sitting on the stage, mm. and they're all golden. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> 
there's all my stuff. And I remember this from the time when I was little because you used to have the stage and we could go and play on stage and act like we were I acting love and these things, yes. right? Yes. And I go to reach for my first instrument and like grab it. And all of a sudden, this door gets kicked open. Boom! All the demons, all the aliens start flooding in. They did not come in. They the came sanctuary. in. They came into the sanctuary, but here's the best part. As they come in, I turn around and I grabbed my first instrument. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I remember I grabbed it and I turned and I handed it to the first thing that came to me. And it took the instrument and it turned completely to gold and just disappeared. And I was like, whoa. And then I grabbed the next instrument. And the instruments were just kept coming. So I just handed it to the next person. And the craziest thing is, I started to see what was happening. And these were these little lost faces, these things. And I was like, whoa. And then I called them the kids. I was like, what's up, kids? What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, I heard this voice. It said, create jobs for my creative children, and I'll provide the rest. And I just remember being, OK, I get that. Create jobs for your creative children, and you'll provide the rest. I get it. I, I understand why I'm, okay, sounds great. And right then, my eyes opened, and I looked. I grabbed this journal next to my bed, and I go to write, and the same voice that was in my dream said it again inside this new space where I was clearly awake. It said, make jobs for my creative children, and I'll provide the rest. And so I wrote that down in my journal over and over. And it was, you know, sometimes you like to play in this space. Uh -huh. I think people are starting to understand that these spaces fully exist. Yes. This is not, this is sense. not, this used to be a woo ding ding thing for me. I'd be like, whoa. But now I'm like, cool. Thank you for communicating through yeah, both. That I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't completely off my rocker, but I'm, I'm not. I'm very, that was a very tangible thing. So I put this down and then maybe Five or six seconds later, my, my Facebook Messenger thing went off, and there's a kid in uh, one of the high schools, and he's like, hey, this is um, this is Sarah from East High, and we wanted to know if you could still help us with some editing jobs, because you said you might be able to uh, provide us with some stuff, and it started right there. And so... So you got out of the dream, Sarah, yep. it, ding, ding, Sarah comes No, Peter, in. I'm sorry, it was Peter. Peter. Um, and Peter was like, hey, you said you might have some jobs for us, and this is a high school kid. And I'm like... Oh my God, yeah, I totally do. So I have a film company and we were sloughing off really simple jobs for them, which these kids were knocking out of the park. Yes. But that was the start. So my why, when you say, why are you here? As clearly to help the creative children of the world find placement in this in this space. And now, if people mm -hmm. ask how I'm doing that, I have a couple different things. So I'm a DJ, I get to tour the world. It's a really the most coveted, most special thing I've ever That's been like able legit, to do. That's like legit, because I asked legit. you for something next week. You're like, well, I might be in the, where were you? Like some island somewhere. Oh, yeah, I was in and Croatia I, or something Yeah, like that, it yeah. comes randomly. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, get on a plane. Yeah, and I'll, be, I'll be here. Well, and it's, it's, it's becoming part of the normal conversation now. Um, you know, with the people that we work with in our spaces, they're like, you know what? I'd love to be there on Tuesday. I'll just be in Mallorca. So when I get back, though... <laughs> Let's do dinner then, you know? And so that's not an abnormal thing. The world's getting smaller yes. as the minds and hopefully the hearts are getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And the connections are getting stronger, stronger. with those of like right. frequencies. Yeah. So to kind of book into like why I'm doing what I'm doing, I realized really quickly, and I don't know if we'll get into it now, but coming from my background, I knew that what I have to do to really just to show my light in the world is to stay true to that. And whichever vehicle I'm doing that in, I know that I always need to provide a beautiful path for creative kids to shine 
they're light. And so that's kind of what I do. It's absolutely like amazing. That? This is Danny. He's not walking today. He's in our, he's part of the show. Um, although if he starts barking, we might have to stop filming and come back. We'll just see. Um, I want to go back to the sanctuary yeah. for a minute because um, your story right now and your story how it began, you call it your origin story. Yeah, my origin story. What is the power of that word for you, origin? beginning well that's it from whence i came from whence i came for me it was the complete life definer it was what really capped the mission like i always knew i loved to work with kids and creative kids was great i didn't even know that was what i should do you know but sure like what even is a creative kid? yeah like, what's a what creative kid i mean what what you know and I'll, i honestly i'm just attracting kids that were like me Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, but when I found my origin story as with the four names, we've got Sammy, Shoebox, Moses, Taggett. Shoebox Moses came out of this origin story. Okay. And that was that for all of us listening and watching. If you don't know, um, I was adopted out of the Philippines. And before I was put in the orphanage, I was found in a shoebox in a dumpster. And so that was my origin story. That was what that's where I came from. And once I found that out, on the immediate flip of that, I had a lot of things come up. Obviously, there was a ton of, of guilt. I felt this imposter syndrome. I felt awful for about for being such a savage partier when I was younger. Uh -huh. I was like, oh my God, this how, how did I waste so much time? It's kind yeah. of like that Schindler's, sure. you know, that whole mentality is like, I could have done this, I could have done that. But then it stopped. I started doing a lot of a lot of work, a lot of shadow work to just be accepting of it and understand that where I'm at right now is a powerful place to be and to utilize because that Because of the shadow story. work, really. Yeah, it must. Yeah. You didn't go around it, in yeah. other words. The totally. Trauma. I went right through it. I went right through it with a car accident and other things. Like, I went through it, Tiffany. Yes. And so I came out that other side and like I still work on it all the time. I mean, yeah. we're just instruments, right? Of we're course. all just golden, instruments. Golden, golden instruments. instruments. Yeah. And so I went through a bunch of this beautiful work, but the origin story for me and when I found that out, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And so I set forth to go and find my my orphanage <clears> and <throat> really figure out what needs to happen over there. And we're still flushing out tons of that. To say that we have it dialed is like not even close. They're in my country, in the Philippines, in Manila and the surrounding cities, there's 1.8 million orphans, mm -hmm. which is the size of downtown Denver proper. 1.8 million kids that will never have a mom or a dad, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, so wrestling with their own origin story. Wrestling with their own origin story, but more intense and, and like devastating to them is that they're going to leave an orphanage where there was not that much hope into a facility, into a society where who knows if there's any more hope. Like mm. they go into trafficking, they go into drugs, tons of them turns of suicide. I mean, it's a very dark, dark thing to look at and to expand on. So what I know I'm trying to do with my foundation, it's called the Foundlings. Okay. And it was actually founded with a partner of mine. Her name's Brandy Shigley, who is yes, also wonderful. adopted out of the Philippines. We've been best friends in Denver for almost 10 years. Oh and we God. found out when we went back to the Philippines for the first time to look for our orphanage that we were going to go find hers and then find mine. But we come to find out we're from the same of course you orphanage. Are. Of course so you it are. was this incredible 
incredible moment divine, where divine, divine. we're like, what? So it all just made sense. We're just like, this is what we need to do. So what we're trying to do right now is to really first educate and inspire kids to find something that they can attach to, whether that's in, you know, music, whether that's in uh, fashion, Brandy loves fashion, uh -huh. or whether that's in just like simple coding or like whatever there's out there, right? There's so mm. many new jobs, might be a, might be a skill set or a trade. What we're trying to do is get a platform that they can find something that will give them some hope and give them some light as they make the transition from an orphanage into the real world. So we're just helping them find their footing. And what we're using is new technology in the form of tablets, uh -huh. and super fast and robust systems that'll allow us to get whatever they need or want to learn into their hands immediately. And so we're modeling uh, some of the most prolific world changers on the planet, Peter Diamandis. Yes, tell me about yeah. that. So he holds a contest. This, the one that I'm speaking of specifically, is called the Global Learning X Prize. And what he did is he took, he wrote a, an incredible book. It's called Abundance. I'll we'll put links and all this Absolutely. stuff down here, right? We'll link so it up. he uh, had this, and he had nothing when he did this. He was like, "I have a vision. We should do this." And he that's had a what, dream. He had a dream. A golden instrument. Yes, and his golden instrument was this contest where he was going to bring these, this, the biggest problems on the planet. And the smartest people on the planet to solve it, and we'll have a we'll have a contest, and there'll be a person. And I'm just candidate. gonna find them. I'm just gonna find them. Smartest people, yep. biggest problems. Biggest problems. So the problem in the global X Prize, the global learning X Prize that they solved was illiteracy, and they took tablets and dropped them, like literally airdropped them into Tanzania. Kids were picking them up and opening them, turning them on, and they were learning to read and write and do basic arithmetic in 15 months. So unbelievable. unbelievable. So and you mean to say for everybody listening, especially who has kids, that screen time can empower a village, a country? Absolutely. <laughs> when done, when done There's properly. There's really parents who are like screen time making their hair fall out, you know? Yeah. But that is so powerful. They dropped them like, like immunizations, like they would drop medicine totally. or drop vaccines yeah. down. Into Absolutely. And that's, that's, I mean, we don't. Have to sugarcoat it. There's obviously a, a time and a place to get your kids off of a tablet, yes, for of sure. But I mean, we're talking about kids. The fact that, are... that that technology exists, the mm -hmm. fact that his vision was implemented, and that those results ensued is oh, and and just like you know, as you teach, like how you teach everybody with the magic carpet life is that you once you seed that idea, you seed that dream, the things that have to happen will happen, especially yes. when they're aligned. And yes. so he was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And what was amazing is like people just showed up and just donated. Let's talk about this for a second yeah. because there is a necessary, necessary ingredient of faith. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there, as soon as you said that, it was this felt sense of like, I know that question. I don't know how, but I know. Right. And I know my my experience for that and my my belief, like it had to become a belief for me that um, I believe when I know something, it will, it's an energetic thing, it's a vibrational thing, it will happen. For sure. It's like all of the, you know, um, spiritual luminaries on planet earth got that right yeah forms <laughs> and i hold that. on to that i hold on to that and i'm curious to know for you 
when were the moments or what is your experience of that where you are like, I don't know how, but I know whether it was with the foundlings or even with your DJ work and how you're bringing that into these places to elevate people's. Sure. Okay. So I've got a great story for that because it's for anyone out there, especially young kids that are trying to be performers or people that are going after a dream. There is a huge element that they definitely skirt around when you get in our space. They're like, just think of it, write it out, put it there and manifest on it. But that is not totally it. There has a level of faith that has to be there and purpose that I think that people don't talk about. Like if you're like, I'm going to be a famous musician and a rock star. Yes, I'm going to do. I'm just going to put posters up and make a vision board and do these things. But why are you doing it? Like the world's not going to come to you if there's not a bigger purpose and a bigger vision and, and you don't have some faith in why you're doing something for a bigger cause, yes. I think. Yes, and I agree. People feel your faith. They feel your faith. They can hear your truth and they can see what you're trying to live into. And so what happened for me, I went, this is a great one. This will date me too. So I went and saw, <laughs> I saw Pearl Jam play at Red Rocks in 1997. Oh my God. I yeah. loved that. I love 97 Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam 97 was the yes. best. That's like 10 and verses and everything. So anyway, for those of you guys, we're actually in Colorado. You may not have been born in 97 but he was at Red Rocks with Eddie Vedder with Eddie Vedder in 97 (laughs) so I saw Pearl Jam play on that stage and I said you know what I want to play on that stage I'm going to play on that stage wait was that the one where he was in the rain like in the picture Mm -hmm. with like the mist yeah Yeah. totally it was insane oh you're a Pearl Jam fan we're kind of the same age yeah we are yeah so I went home this was great so I went home after that show and I grabbed my journal I've been journaling since I was in like 6th grade or something which is amazing Amazing. Is that, did you journal for that long? Yeah, but it was more diary. It was more yeah. like, oh my God, my friend said this, and my boyfriend woke up with it. It wasn't like enlightened journaling. <laughs> yeah, mine was definitely that, but there was like, I look back on it now. One, my penmanship was impeccable back then. It I was, was like, what you wrote all is the time. This? I had a callus on my finger from writing. Yeah, totally. Like, I remember the calluses. Yeah, so that's the same with me. It was like, penmanship was great. And the storytelling I would do as a kid was insane. And I go back and I'm like, a teenager writing this stuff but anyway I went back there and what I did with this time which was different than any of the other journals I'd done is I would just wrote it down over and over I was like you will play Red Rocks you will play Red Rocks probably like 10 pages and I found this the other I like always look at it and I wrote that down wrote that down wrote that down so anyway as as time progresses I moved through all these things right this is 1997 Move about five, five years, I start my first band, I'm in college, I drop out of college after a solid year and a half of just like fumbling through it, this is not for me, uh-huh. I go through my life cycles and stuff, but the whole time I still feel that because I know my message for who I am is bigger, I'm like, I know that I have a message and an energy and, a, and something in me that needs to get out, and so I just kept kept that dream, like, I just need to be on the, on the stage, I need to get it out there. I don't know how it is. I don't know what the medium's going to be. But every time I'd walk, so this is something that you guys can take to note, like I would physically put myself there. Uh-huh. I would walk on stage and I did this thing and I would, I did this when I'd play tennis and everything. My dad was my coach and he'd always be like, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> and I'd just be like staring off, but I was just looking, I was just looking at Red Rocks. I was like, this is what I'm going to say when I step on that stage. And they'd be like, here he goes again. Okay, so you're going to take a yeah. minute, a little soliloquy. Yeah. And I always say this. I'd say, you guys, I've been dreaming of this for a long time. Do you guys want to help me relive a dream? And, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, dear Lord. And then I remember this looking up, and I said, all right, yeah, you're going to help me do this? All right. 
Red Rocks, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I did. And then I go crazy and this and that. So fast forward to 2011. Um, there's a festival called Global Dance Festival. Yes. And yes. my friends run that festival. And I was like, ha, how's it coming? He's like, you know what we want to do? We want to put live bands on the first night. Can you help me get, construct a, a battle of the bands and like the winner can play at Global? And I was like, only if we do one thing. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, can I play the main stage? And he goes, well, yeah. Well, yeah, you were part of the question. Yeah. yeah. And so I asked the question. I put wait, it there. Wait, okay, wait, okay. So you realize this is going to happen. You assemble the bands. I assembled all the bands, like 20 of these bands to go. And I put a band together for myself, who's actually doing really good now. They play Red Rocks all the time. You put a band together just for mm -hmm. the, the opening. Yep. And what are you thinking the night before? This dream is about to <sighs> be delivered yeah. to you. I'm like... I can't believe this is going to happen. Like, this is going to go this, down. I mean, this we're talking Red deal. Rocks, guys. We're talking how many people in the uh, 9,000 in the amphitheater, Nine. in the front part, but they can fit more than that. But uh, yeah. And the, the bill was huge. It was Empire of the Sun, Kid Cudi, um, Sam. Uh, there's another one, Sam Adams, was like the main big ones. But like the whole festival itself had my favorite producers, DJs on the planet, from Skrillex to Cascade to Above and Beyond, like the biggest people on the planet. So now I'm sharing this world stage with them, and I get to step on stage. So here's the funny thing, too. Like, yeah, I'm I so know. excited. I like want to know when you're, okay, the, you, the, what time is it? Like 6? What time do they do the start? Like, they start at 6. At 6 o'clock. Yep. You're, back, you're backstage. Oh, I got to the Red Rocks. with. I made the band show up at noon. They hadn't even started putting up stuff. And they're like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're just ready. We're here. We're so ready We're just like this. opening. We're clearing that we're getting it ready. Yeah. So they, so you're there for about six hours and it's about time you're about to step out there. And yeah. how many times for those of us that live in Denver, like we've been to Red Rocks and oh, we've played there. on that stage. Yeah. Been there. I like to lie on that stage and feel all the people. Yeah. And to, to Morrison, like the city of Morrison, thank you from the bottom of my heart for letting us go on that stage. Like they'll let people step on there and like, yes. it's like a, it's a, it's a park. You can yes. go and they let the dreamers. Yeah. You let the dreamers get, get on there going and write in their journals. Yeah. I do will the thing. I will. I don't see enough people doing that, but I just, I just remember standing there and looking up and just being like, I can't believe this stadium is going to be full of people in like two and a half hours, three hours. And we just sat there and the group that I played with there, the band called Sun Squabby and they are killing it. They've played there now four or five times. I played there four or five times. What were times you doing? Now. What was your, I was a singer. You were singing. I was singing. Yeah. You didn't even have a guitar. No guitar just... and anything. I was just, I was singing and performing and hyping up like my, my main thing is singer songwriters a guitar, but this one, this is what happened. This was the felt. This was what it was. So I do a lot of perf live performances with DJs if I'm not DJing. So okay. that's what's nice. Like there's something about being a performer. You send energy. You send like what you do. Like you just, just send it. It just yeah. comes out. Yeah. So that's what I did. And uh, we got done. We performed in the rain. We got to do this. And then the coolest thing is, so there's the green rooms at Red Rocks. There's like three levels of them. Kid Cudi had just came in from his tour and he was like, yo, we don't want that big green room. We just want the one with the shower. Do you mind if we switch with you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> We will take the did big room. Did they have fruit kebabs for you? And oh, they, <laughs> you know, they did it upright, like because they thought he was gonna be in there, right. so he didn't want any of the stuff. And so we had like a smorgasbord of tons. Like 
it was stepping into the dream and yes. having it be the reality and all my friends, my, my closest friends got to watch me do it. Now, mind you, the stadium wasn't full. We were early, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was there, and now we did it. And then, like, so to kind of to put a beautiful stamp on that whole story last in July, we had Global Dance Festival, and I got to perform again, and this time we did it in front of 30,000 at Invesco Field. So, oh, it wasn't here at yeah, Bedrock. We, we had to move it. It got too big. So we did it at Invesco. And now I'm looking at it, a sea of 30,000 people and I say the same thing. You say you guys, the exact same thing. You guys want to help me relive this dream? Was your dad doing... in the crowd? Here's another part of the manifestation. The first time I played Red Rocks, I did not have them there. It was like a festival. I didn't want them to be there. So I went back to the drawing board, went back to the vision board, and I wrote out. I was like, I want my parents to see me perform on, a, on this stage in front of a healthy, beautiful crowd. Can we do this? Does this does this manifestation yeah. does this faith thing work like this? So a you fast they're forward. They're going to feel comfortable. They're going to feel comfortable. Yeah. So you fast forward, and the best thing this is all, this is all on film. It's so crazy. So you fast forward to the next year, and I'm like, Mom, I, I wish you guys could saw it. And they're like, It looked amazing. We saw your pictures, and I go, It would be so cool. Someday maybe you'll see me. I think you're going to do it. It's going to happen. I get a call right on the back of this, and it's for Fitness on the Rocks. And Fitness on the Rocks uses the same sound system. Yeah. And everything so they can do yoga and fitness and all this. And they go, Sammy, we saw you last year. You were so incredible. We would love for you to open up Fitness on the Rocks. Could you do the national anthem for us? And I'm like, yeah. And it happened in like. What does that mean, do the national sing anthem? Sing the national anthem sing for it? and open up the whole the whole. What, thing. you're going to sing the national anthem? Yeah. You did sing so the national anthem. So I sing anthem. the national anthem and my parents had just randomly been like, hey, we're coming out in July again. Uh, are you, do you have any shows? And I'm like, well, in fact, I have a show at Red Rocks and I'm singing the national anthem in front of 8,000 people. And my dad and mom were like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Is it going to be loud? <laughs> that's how they like to take that stuff. But they're so sweet. My dad and I worked on the, on it the whole time. And then the craziest thing that happened is like, I'm looking at my dad as I start it and I start like a little high. Uh-huh. Like it's like, cause it should be like, oh, say, can you see? And I was like, Oh, say. And my yes. dad's like, you're too high. When you start that so high. high, forget it. And I go, I got this. <laughs> We're good. And he's like, and I nailed that last note. I nailed the iconic thing. And I, I just, you know, I got it done. And I just remember looking at my dad and he was like, hey, good work. Hey, it's work. So I got to have it. I, I got to bring the parents there. So your voice, that's unbelievable story. Sorry. I just bought my microphone. Your voice is soulful. Is that right? Yeah. It's a little rock soul. Yeah, it's a little rock. It's rooted in like 90s R&B slash rock. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. And my other favorite artist is um, Gordon Sumner or Sting. So I used to, because he used to sing to my heart all the time. Like every girl I ever fell in love with and got my heart trounced on as a high schooler. That was a mixtape. Yeah. Fields of gold. Yes. Oh, I write that song in the 90s. Crushed me. It was the worst song ever. (laughs) It's always. I know. I hate it. I know. Um. Oh my God, that is so, so crazy. So what? <laughs> what? What is? What do you do after Red Rocks? Like, what is? Right. I mean, like Super Bowl. Like, what is the after that? What is another? Here's a question. What is another thing Bucket. you wrote down a hundred yeah, times? Yeah, hundred times. Uh, to, to to be an impactful world changer. Like my other thing is just change the world. And I didn't know how I'd change the world. I just knew like that's what I want to do. And so I started really diving down the 
performance lane, you know? And I was like, I shouldn't be a mortgage broker. That's totally not what I should yes, be doing anymore. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's what you were. That was yeah, one of the hats you for, were. Well, I've worn so many hats. I've been a milk salesman. I've been a door-to-door salesman. Did you say for, milk? Yeah. Used to sell How do you milk. sell milk? You go door to door with glass. Do you like bring milk. a cow with you? Like, would you like milk for that, my cow? Would, <laughs> you basically work for the Longmont Dairy Farms, and you go door to door and yeah. say, "Yeah, you're like, hey, we've got the only milk in a glass bottle. How are you doing?" I see all my neighbors yeah. with the coolers out. Yeah, you, you basically you just force it on them. You're like, "Here you go. Here's a free cooler and a half gallon of milk, and then uh, just sign here, and you'll get another one next." I week. think that's hilarious because <laughs> we were just talking about how it's been like eight years since you've had milk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge dairy fan anymore, but I sure did like that. That job. So was, you were the milk sales. I was the milk, milk guy. Um, I was. Yeah, I've done so many different things. I did a lot of bartending. You know, a lot of things to do that. That that lifestyle was so treacherous and a super slippery slope. Um, mm. But I found my footing in music. You know, you, 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 a lot of people want that dream. I didn't know that that was a tangible dream, but now that I see who I get to play with, I got to play a Cornerstone event in a festival called A-Fest in 2012, right after Red Rocks. So I think for the audience, you know, it's great to see when you have this first step and it opens, hopefully you have the wherewithal to step on the gas a bit. Yeah, momentum. Like, well, momentum's everything. And so I was like, I dude, I got to do this. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? The snowballs should be getting bigger. Especially when it feels good. Right. Like that big thing you do actually worked yeah, out it even works. more than you could have imagined. Yeah. Then it's when yep. it gets cooking. It gets cooking. So I played at this thing, um, and it was hosted by a company called Mind Valley. And Mind Valley is in Kuala Lumpur, and they brought me out there to be a singer. And what happened is the DJ that was there didn't necessarily know what he was doing. So I was like, I got you. And Sorry, DJ. And how I'd learned to DJ and how I'd learned that skill set is I just sat on the coattails of the DJs when I was at the clubs. I'd bring them drinks. I'd be like, hey, show me how That's to do this. That's a good place to be. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? And I'd just be like, hey, I keep drinking. And then I'd just kind of scoot them out of the way. So wait, like, so Ooh. you went to Mind Valley to sing and yeah. the DJ was kind of meh and then you just sort of I just of took over. In took over and got the party and basically what I did is I turned the party out like I just like boom so I performed I sang and then I played the music and and one thing that kids need to know now especially as they become young entertainers it's not about the technical aspects it's not about being able to big big drops it's about knowing your audience and knowing what they move to mm. and you can play you can play Huge songs, so it's not gonna do anything if it's not the right song. How do you know? What's how do you know? What's, what's the right your song? process? What's your what is the feeling that happens inside of you? Obviously, it's a gift, but how can someone train themselves to go? Because this doesn't just happen as a DJ. This is wisdom in every whether you're selling sure. milk, whether you're on a first date, whether you're <laughs> totally. figuring out a huge parenting, you know thing. Yeah. How do you? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of intuition that I'm trying to learn how to teach because it's an intuitive process for me. So uh-huh. what I would do um, in all the events, they didn't they didn't understand like because at Mind Valley they brought me out to be the entertainer, but they didn't understand why the singer was sitting in with all the sessions and doing all the things. And mind you, A Fest has some of the most prolific, amazing speakers, so it's not hard to sit in there. But I would sit with all the people at lunch, and I would just you like, were get to with know them. the people. Yeah, just was with the people, and your, like, con- your 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 concern, your MO was like, I'm yeah. gonna be with the people, yeah. like you were your Lyft driver. There's mm-hmm. something that turns on when you do this. Yeah, totally. This is the thing. This is what I love to do. This is what yes. you love to do. This yes. is why you didn't need a billboard or a clipboard. Nick. Yes, I will take a billboard though. Yeah, yeah you'll have a billboard. <laughs> 
Just saying. <laughs> That'd be a very good billboard. I'd watch that billboard. Yeah, so that's what I did. I, I just sat with the people. I was intuitive. You know, people would be like, oh my God, you're the DJ. I'm like, yeah, what do you like? What do you listen to? And they would tell me. And I'd be like, cool, what do you listen to? And they're like, oh my God, I have this song. I'm like, why do you love that song? And then they would tell me, right? And so I would take songs that would lead into that story that they did. So people would tell me like, oh my God, I my grandfather used to love this song. And I would just like play all this music and so I was you know just learning the skill set I got picked up by a, a company in town uh, that would put me on weddings and stuff so I cut my teeth on a bunch of these other like corporate things but the whole time I was always with the people people didn't understand why I'd like sit in at the wedding and like be so charismatic and just be like hey let me hold your baby like I just loved it you know <laughs> and so the human connection is for sure one of the most special things on planet Earth, without question, yeah. and to know what. And as soon as I started realizing, you know, I'm adopted, I'm so lucky. I've always known I had the golden ticket, but that three years ago, when that origin story hit, and I knew what I was put on Earth to do, my connection ability and my intention behind mm. every interaction went through the roof. And so that's why the lift driver today, who was. I mean, God bless Josh for he served in, in the Navy in a submarine wow. and he was super stunned. He called me like when we were coming over here and he's like, hey, I need you out here right now. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's like, oh, dart or like he yeah, like he's like, let's, let's go here. It's, yeah, I was like, OK, <laughs> sorry. And then we, we cracked him. I cracked him open just like everybody cracks open around like 90 percent of the people that I. I know, and this is from my mom. My mom, I swear, has the gift of that too. She she has people. She taught gift special ed. Yeah, she taught special ed for thirty nine years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she knew how to deal with me, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> then there was like my dad was my English teacher, my soccer coach, my tennis coach, my baseball coach, and he hates baseball. Like he did it all for me and my brother and my sister. So we had an upbringing that is very very blessed. So that. All of those pieces together made for this incredible moving light that I always have with yes. me. So yeah, it's just been, that's is it what's so crazy. Simple? Is, it, is it so simple as loving people? Yes. Just love people. And if when you don't love them, love them more. Like yes. what we were talking about today, you're like, oh my gosh, this energy from the people is starting to drive me crazy. And the only way you can approach that and attack that is to love them more. And to be like, cool, I know how you feel. I know that, well, I don't know how you feel, but I know that you're feeling this way. If I was in your shoes, I'd probably feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And just taking it. It's hard to do, yeah, but I it's really that, useful to do. I find with practice, and it does take practice, that there's Tons like a practice. switch. So when I start going on that train of like, oh my God, and you know, the train. It's like, this sucks, or this is, you know, why did I you know, start questioning my yes and what is going on and this oh, yeah. feeling every, all of it. It's like, there's something that turns on where I go and, and I start to enter into that person's world. Totally. And I begin to understand it's just a, it's a switch. That's just how I can describe it. I, I agree. And a heart thousand gets percent. bigger, like the Grinch, you know, it might be like teeny tiny. And then I imagine my heart just yeah. Once you step into the shoes, like, you're so right, Tiffany. Like, I watched him, and as soon as he was like, you know, I used to be in a submarine, and I was like, oh, well, then. Was it a yellow submarine? Yeah. <laughs> it was a, a nuclear-powered submarine, and he worked in the engine room. <laughs> oh, my God. Sure. So he has a story. His story, yeah. And it's and, a fixed and firm story. And I asked him, I'm like, so, how, you know, there's three questions, I think, that I'd like to 
always ask people. Oh, this is good. Okay. Yeah. How are you feeling? Okay. Are you passionate about what you're doing? And are you having fun? So like, how are you doing? Are you passionate about what you're doing? Are you having fun? Because are you having fun? The third one. Yeah. Having fun, I think, is it could be the thing that I could ask them first. But I like to ask them that kind of on the end. Because if you're having fun, it doesn't mean that you... Sometimes you can have fun and you don't like what you're doing. Uh-huh. You know? Like, sure. if I'm digging ditches and I'm with my friends and we're having fun, we don't really necessarily like what we're doing. Yeah. But I'm always just like, cool, so you're driving Lyft. Do you like what you're doing? And some of them are like, ah, it's a means to an end. Some of them are like, yeah, I love this. This is great. I got my own hours. I got this. I got that. But it helps me gauge, like, where they're at and their vibration a bit. You know? like right. You're like... And a lot of them are great, too, especially in the world. You know, they're like, yeah, I kind of like what I'm doing. And then I'm like, are you passionate about it? And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> but are you having fun? And it's so interesting. A lot of them just, they have fun. Uh, they're not passionate. And they don't like what they're doing. But they're like, yeah, I kind of have fun. I'm like, would you like to align those things a little yeah. bit more? Is would it, you like to okay get all to three have all three? Yeah. And that's that's my only thing is I like to, to leave the conversation sometimes of being like, hey, there's a way you can have at all mm-hmm. if you want to do it and so when i left like he was it was pretty good it was a great connection it was like not a normal lift ride sometimes i have an earbuds and i just yeah. talk and do tune out tune out but this one you know i felt a little different plus i was coming here there's an energetic shift when you know that i'm like oh i get to go see one of yes. one of my my cosmic cheerleaders stuff. for sure let's uh-huh. go so i want to and i would love to say i tune into that all the time but we don't Let's be honest. Like Absolutely. This, this this simulation sometimes gets the best of us, and I just I just love the connection though. And so, like, do you like what you're doing? Are you passionate? Are you having fun? I always ask those. Sometimes I find that oh, this is a belief of mine, a core belief, that if I'm having fun, the second question just kind of works itself out. Yeah, totally. If I follow my fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to think that was oversimplified. Yeah. And I thought, no, there's more to it. There's more to it because there has to be world saving. <laughs> and there has to be, you know, solutions to this this problem, these widening gaps and this <laughs> chaos and this. And it's like, mm, mind my own fun. <laughs> mind, mind your own fun. Own oh, fun. I like that. I like that. Mind my own fun. Because you That's know what? We are given our, I got to go back again to your instruments. We are given these instruments and mine look different than yours, but I'm going to shine mine every day. I'm going to play them. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to play those instruments. I'm going to play my gifts. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy them. I'm going to enjoy for me, some mine are like, I'm going to put color everywhere in my house. Yeah. Because for me, that helps bring to life my origin story. Sure. And even my origin story from the stars, like who I am beyond this time and place. Yeah. Like my world, my soul, if I could bring my inner world into my outer world so that everybody who comes into my space are activated mm. and they feel that. And there's there are no words. There does not need to be words. There's just that feeling right. of ooh <laughs> or whoosh. And that's kind of where the magic carpet life came in because it's because life is is and can be it is and if the isness isn't close to you or you're not feeling emotionally like it is it can be this remarkable ride above all of the stuff that the world is showing us yeah if you don't like your reality how about we go up a little bit and you go to one of sammy's parties yeah i guarantee you you'll (laughs) you'll be 
tuned after that. And I think I, sh- I uh, shared this metaphor with all of my students. And when I listen, that guitar, if you pick it up and it's out of tune, what do you do? They're like, oh, just tune it. I'm like, do you freak out? They're like, no. I'm like, just, yeah. then, then don't think of yourself as anything different than just an instrument. I feel like I'm an instrument of God or source and like... That's all I do is I, I tune myself and then yeah. I play it out to the world. I'm not going to step up on the big stage and play an out-of-tune guitar. And when when I show up in the way I do, that's what we need to do. And when we're out of sync and when we're off, just tune up. And that's all you got to do. You don't think of it anything less. There's weeds in your garden. Pull the weeds out. Don't freak what out. What if there's nothing broken here? Yeah. What if there's nothing wrong? What if everything is right and I'm just going to jump into the realm of right mm-hmm. and I'm just going to find who wants to come with me. Yeah. And what I found, so Sammy and I met last week Yeah. or something, right? Like a week and a half ago or something. A week and a half ago. I was like, hey, you were at the Polo Fest and um, I was with a friend and you were with some friends and I said, all right, so this is resonating. Come on to the show. We got to jam a little bit. And um, I'm going to have you on the show again to play some music. Done. So Would this love is going to happen. Maybe sing the national anthem. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a duet. Um, so you've got this really big event coming up. And I want to make sure we get a good, solid plug in oh, for this. Because thank you this so is much. amazing what you guys are doing. Yeah. And it was you know, the reason why you were at Polo Fest, because that's the place where it's going down. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what's happening. So, so tell everybody who's listening. Yeah, so we have this incredible event it's called the Mile High Global Meditation, and it is been fostered by my friend Michael Blue, who literally looks like Jesus with yeah. black hair. With black hair. With yes. black hair, and a cross between him and Russell Brand a bit. Yes. So it's it's a great it's and kind perfect. of wizard. I said he's and got kind a of wizard. wizard. He's got a little wizardness too. Yeah. too. Michael, you have you yeah. definitely have a wizard vibe. Though. <laughs> So the cool thing is uh, he came to me through my really dear friend, Sarah Westwood, who's an incredible creative artist. Uh, And she goes, hey, Michael Blue wants to have the world's largest meditation, and he wants it to help your foundation, the foundlings. And he wanted to meet with you to see if it's something that you could help him out with. So we met downtown, and in like 10 minutes, I was like, you can do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And he's like, would you help us? And I was like, yes. Whoa, now we're here. So okay, what we're so doing. That happened, so yes. that happened. That was about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Not long. Like when you this tried just to, happened. Like not that long ago. <laughs> so we're like so now we're in the throngs of this beautiful event and now we've partnered with Airbnb because he's the no yeah. which is a beautiful thing because Michael's experience as the meditation guide is the number one experience on Airbnb. So when people come to Denver and they look up experiences, it's not go hike, not go biking or do this. And Denver's a hub on Airbnb. I mean, Denver is a... That's a huge hub for Airbnb, and he's the number one experience. So they have partnered with us very uh, generously to help us promote it and to get this out. And then the other thing we've done is we are using silent disco headphones. So people are going to be immersed in the meditation. So it's not like you're just kind of hearing everything, but we'll be able to put ourselves right in there with Which you. Which is always it's so nice. much more yeah. amplified with meditation when you can yeah, get it right it's in. it's a beautiful thing. And so we have some really, really great um, sponsors with us. This beautiful organic tea company that's out of here, Taoki Tea, mm-hmm. Sound Off Design. Um, there's so many. We'll list all of them, but yeah. those are those we'll are the first sure ones that come them. to my mind right now. Um, but it's, it's, it's so amazing because I've done events for so long. I've never done one like this. And the amount of people that are, when you tell somebody, I'm like, I'm having an event. They're like, oh, that's cool. Is it a concert? What's this? I'm like, it's a global meditation. And they're like, I want it. I want it. 
And I think that is showing me that right now in our time on this planet is so needed to have people center and find out what's truly Mm -hmm. making them resonate and helping heal wounds and helping them perform better and center and help their families get a little bit closer by slowing down. Mm -hmm. And so Michael calls this a beautiful thing. He says, unplug from the world and plug it into your heart Mm -hmm. is what he calls it. And I love that Mm -hmm. whole push behind it. So it's the Mile High Global Meditation and it's on September 23rd down at the Polo Fields. And we've partnered and we're going to, do our best to stream it around the world. Yeah, that's and my so, question. So yeah. people that might be listening or watching, I'm in Portland. Yep. I can't make it that weekend. What can I do to be part of the global party? Yeah, so if you go to the event, we'll have a link that will take them right into the meditation so they can join us live and we'll stream it live. Um, you know, barring any technical issues, but I mean, we'll record it. So if for some reason we are not able sure. to, but we will definitely be streaming. You gotta, it and... It's like, you got to cross your fingers. The satellites are working and yep. all in your favor. Yep, totally. There's so many things totally. that you cannot control when you live stream. Exactly. And so we've found that in an instant, we can, we can make a change around the world. Like I talked to all my friends in Kuala Lumpur this morning and then my other friends in London and then my friends in, you know, in Mallorca and, Estonia, all in a matter of an hour and a half today. So are you going to have watching parties yep. in these hubs? Yep, and then uh, Yale University is having a little watching party. Uh, there is a myriad of different places. And, and the places that I think we're going to try and stream it into one of the prisons, things uh-huh. like that. So we're just going to really try and get it to as many people as we can. And you have a goal with this. Yeah, we want to break the world record for people um, meditating. It's kind of sort of a big deal. Yeah, being the Guinness Book of World Records is a really cool deal. It's 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 like the third thing down the list. Our main objective sure. is for sure to get people involved in hopefully learning a bit about meditation. So and have a kick-ass event first time. Totally. I mean, anytime you do something, that's yeah. that's just like wide-eyed, like wow. Yeah, well, we're definitely wide-eyed and like so awestruck by the amount of people coming together that are just so excited about doing this with us. And where can they go online to? What's you can the first go thing? to www.likemilehighglobalmeditation.com. Mile High mm-hmm. Global, Global Meditation. Meditation. Yeah, and then if you want, you can go to shoeboxmoses.com and it has it too. But Mile High Global Meditation is where everything will be, and you can donate. You can get your tickets. You can. You can start what, your own party. You can start your, your own, own party. party. So we have a couple options. They're they're gonna go really fast. We we we're about to open up the doors for this, but the first I think it's first ten people because we didn't. We didn't anticipate, as soon as we talked about this, how much energy would be around this. But uh-huh. the first 10 people that buy our VIP package, okay. they get a party with me. Um, they get a personal guided meditation with their group from Michael and another party. And then we have a chef that's coming in, too, that is a, a from – I actually haven't met him. But he is a world-renowned vegan chef, and he's going to do the party and cater the party. Amazing. And I'll play the party, and Michael will do a guided meditation. So when is the party? After, After. or before? Mm-hmm. Okay, so – Everybody will unplug. I don't think anyone's going to meditate after a party. Right, that's not going to happen. Sometimes, if you're like really tired and everybody needs that, you know, (laughs) Um, not the party to go to yet. Yes, this is so cool. So you're going to have like a big thing at the grounds afterwards. Mm -hmm. I am totally coming, and I um, also want to talk to you guys about doing some sponsor too because i'm Dude, sure you're love it. to the final hour yeah pulling that together yeah, i know totally. i'm doing another event right now and it's like sure to the day before we will take and you know with- bring us a 
bag of your coins. And so, Everything. so a portion of the proceeds after expenses and uh, things were all, we're doing two really beautiful organizations. So mine, the Foundlings, where mm-hmm. we're helping the kids acclimate into the new world. And then we're also helping Erica over at the Polo Field. So she, she graciously was like, we would love to have you guys do this. And so yeah. she was like, open, she opened with open arms to come there and, and do this. And so our goal is to have close to 3,000 people. Okay. All We're meditating. putting it out there. Putting Let's it out go there. in our journal. Yep. 3,000, 3,000, 3,000, 3,000, 3,000. Yeah. 3 triple O. I like that. Yeah. So we're counting on, on all of our cosmic cheerleaders uh-huh. to put this out there. Absolutely. And all of you cosmic cheerleaders listening. Yeah. That's amazing. Global Healing Meditation. Global, the mile high. Mile high. Global Meditation. Global Meditation. For where my words fail, this will be listed in the links. So yep. y'all can go to that. Yeah. I um, could potentially talk to you for eight more hours, so we're going to have to do a series. Yeah, I would love to do a series. Are you kidding? I want you on my show. Like, We'll get to all these things. Okay, cool. And if any of you want him on your show, or if any of you want to be on my show, then we'll just show together. This is how it is. We resonate. We find each other. The gaps get closed. We make things together. We make cool stuff together. I know. We're shining our light. And then we could talk forever, huh? (laughs) I was like, I was like, (sighs) Yes, but as I said, we're all so popular. We all have all these other places to go. So we're going to land the plane. <laughs> and how about we do, we're literally on the carpet. Um, how about you ask everybody who's listening a really good um, question of reflection? Oh, a question of reflection. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's simple. Are you having fun? <laughs> oh, there you go. There's the three questions. Okay, so the yeah. first one is. Do you like what you're doing? Do you like what you're doing. I might even say, do you love what you're doing? Yeah, I like that. I so like what you're doing, people would be like, yeah. But it's like, do you love? But maybe that's also the second one. So then the second one is. Are you passionate? Are you passionate? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good question to ask your best friend. If you're yep. kind of like, I don't know, I think I, like ask your friends or the people that are closest to you and they'll be like, um, I wouldn't say passionate. So yeah. in other words, passionate sometimes felt by the people around you. True, true. It's a good metric. And that. then the book in on that obviously is are you having fun? Yes. Because sometimes passion is not always aligned with fun and sometimes what you like to do isn't always aligned. But it, you can have all three. And so I think I've I kinda constructed those not meaning to, but it's it's to align you mm. to the to the idea that you can have all three. And I love that even sometimes I find this to be the case. I might not be all aligned with those three or I might, wherever I might be in or have a story around it or something or trying to get out of a situation so I can't have more fun. But if I can even just practice asking those questions myself to others, when I'm on my Lyft ride, when I'm in the grocery store or in a random conversation with people as a connection point. Yeah. And then that could also spur on some of that those you know or amplify i love that you use that word it could amplify those questions within my own self because here's the thing they're always there fun is always there passion is always there things that we like and love are always there around us but turning on that switch and saying yep i'm gonna take you there i'm gonna take this it's just it's really um becoming and aligning with what's already there for us oh yeah so that's the power of those questions Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Over hands. Over hands. (laughs) And sparkle. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Cosmic Cheerleaders. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Please answer, work on those questions. Maybe put them in the comments below if you're watching along on YouTube. Or head on over to magiccarpetlife.com and join the conversation there. We will see you next week on Magic Carpet Life.
Bye bye. I'm Tiffany Josephs, and you've been listening to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. For the visual version of this, head over to magiccarpetlife.com forward slash the show, and then follow me socially on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and join me next week for another Magic Carpet Ride.